Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Scouting 5, recapping scouting news from around the world for the week of April 4th, 2022. I'm Scouter Ken, and I am once again recording from St. Albert, Alberta. All right, let's get the heavy news out of the way first, maybe, because there's been a bit of a wrinkle in the ongoing bankruptcy proceedings against the Boy Scouts of America, of course, related to the many, many claims of abuse that have beleaguered the organization for quite a while now. Quoting from Bloomberg, the Boy Scouts of America Sexual Abuse Compensation Fund may force insurers to make payments they can't negotiate over, even if the claims are fraudulent a group of the companies has argued in court. Insurers, including American International Group, Liberty Mutual Insurance, and Travelers Casualty and Surety, began their case against the biggest ever compensation fund for abuse victims by presenting an academic on Tuesday who argued the plan creates a moral hazard for insurers. Proposed rules for paying victims take away the right of insurance companies to defend themselves and remove any incentive for the Boy Scouts to fight for reduced payout said Scott Harrington, a professor of insurance and risk management at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. Insurers were excluded from a key round of negotiations in which the plan was put together by the Boy Scouts and advocates for as many as 82,000 abuse victims. Harrington told U.S. bankruptcy judge Lori Silverstein during the trial, which is being held by video. Quote, it seems like what we have is a situation with parties that can design a plan that can increase the size of the pie that can be divided between them at the expense of insurance companies, Harrington testified. The companies were stripped of their rights in this regard in order to win more support from lawyers representing victims, or so the insurers said in court filings. So exactly what that's going to mean for the ongoing bankruptcy proceedings is not entirely clear, but is definitely a new wrinkle in the case and one more thing that is just preventing this from coming to an expedient resolution, which really it should be at this point in time, but there it is. Right, well, on to happier news. This from Central America. Scouts in Guatemala have been doing some big stuff lately to try and reduce and combat issues with plastic waste in and around that country. Quoting Scout.org. Sandwiched between the Gulf of Honduras and the Pacific Ocean, the beautiful and mountainous land of Guatemala is blessed with a diverse climate, dotted with volcanoes, rivers, lakes, and heritage sites. The country offers a wealth of culture, history, and jaw-dropping landscapes. Despite this, Plastic pollution is at an all-time high. At one point, the Guatemala City garbage dump was the biggest landfill in Central America. In a bid to combat growing levels of waste, the National Scout Organization of Guatemala launched a global youth movement to fight plastic pollution. The Tide Turners Plastic Challenge, developed by World Scouting in collaboration with the United Nations Environment Program, is designed to inspire young individuals to reflect on their plastic consumption, find solutions to reduce it, and lead positive change in their homes, communities, institutions, and offices. As of early 2022, more than 2,000 young scouts have completed the Tide Turners Plastic Challenge. Motivated by their new knowledge of plastic waste, both young children and youth alike can firmly understand that the negative actions can cause irreversible damage to our planet and way of life. And so, with support from the Inter-American Scout region, young scout leaders like Elena Mota stepped in to spearhead the planning and implementation of the Plastic Challenge across Guatemala. With a team of young people, aged between 15 and 20, Elena joined ranks with many other scouts who have demonstrated that youth are often the best ambassadors for a better world. Elena was tasked with turning the Challenge's manual, which was designed for older youth, into something that can be understood by children aged 4 to 6. A crucial part of repackaging the manual is lay in maintaining Guatemala's unique cultural heritage. Historically, Guatemala's indigenous communities have had deep connections with nature, often 
centering their values around recognition of the interdependence between people, the environment, and all living species. Using this as guidance, Elena and her team developed a series of challenges for scouts to complete, from conducting research and measuring plastic usage, to designing and implementing projects that address and reduce the impact of plastic in communities. And it might be off to a bit of a late start this year, but we are definitely starting to see the return of Cub Car Rallies, at least here in Canada. Cub Car, of course, if you are listening in America, that's Canadian for Pinewood Derby. Of course, it's not just Cub Cars that we race. Our Beaver Scouts have their Beaver Buggies that they race, and our Scouts have their 18-wheeler Scout Trucks that they race. So, you know, if you're in the Scouts Canada program, in total, you could build and race roughly nine vehicles uh, across your time in beavers, cubs, and scouts, assuming you did three years in each program. You can actually do a fourth year in scouts, so you could do up to 10 vehicles, which, you know. Anyways, quoting from the Welland Tribune, Seaway Mall last weekend was the site of the fast action of the Cub Car Rally, which returned after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. Two years ago, we celebrated a 25th anniversary with Seaway Mall hosting the annual event, said Kevin White, group commissioner for the 20th Welland Scouting. Cubs, Scouts, and Beavers from Port Colborne, Welland, and St. Catharines, all in Ontario, brought their homemade racers to the mall for renewed competition. Cub cars were derived from the Pinewood Derby, originating with the Boy Scouts of America in the 1950s. The racers are made from a kit that includes a box of pine wood, plastic wheels, and metal axles. After the wood is cut, a Scout sands the car and adds paint and other embellishments for speed and style. The rally now includes beaver buggies and scout truck racing on top of the Cub cars. And last Friday night, it was the Beaver Buggies, featuring about 50 entrants. On Saturday, about 50 Cubs were expected to compete. And then on Sunday, more than 30 Scouts and Venturers competed in the truck racing. And actually, we are going to be doing our Cub Car races in our group. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and we'll be doing the races on Wednesday night. So, hoping that my youngest daughter's first-time Cub Car does well. Guess we'll see. Oh, and uh, just for anybody out there listening, if you happen to have been the developer of the Derby Day racing software, I've been looking to get in touch. So if that's you, or if you know the person who did that, uh, have them drop me an email, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail or outlook.com, because I would actually seriously be curious to um, just have a little chat with them about uh, a couple of things with the software. It's been great for us for years. Thanks. And that is all the news I have for you this week. A short one. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, be prepared. Mm-hmm.